0: For clicking play And for pressing download This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas Podcast We're coming off A heartbreaking day September 3, 2014 That's when we recorded this My name is Stan, by the way For all you newcomers
1: My name is Ro And we have Yeah, we are right on the heels Of a heartbreaking game Of our namesakes
0: You know what? For for the two of us uh, we, we both watch basketball We both watch wrestling But you, you probably know the story by now Why we're called Smart Gilas Pilipinas But just to refresh you It's a play on words, of course you know, To pay tribute to our boys In Gilas Pilipinas And because we're Smarks At the end of the day Now we just watched Gilas Pil- has pretty much fizzle out of uh, out of contention in the 2014 FIBA World Cup by losing to Puerto Rico 77, 73. sakit. Yep,
1: it uh, wasn't even an hour ago. Um, Hasn't even yeah. been an hour. Yeah, since the final yeah, buzzer. We are really fresh off this heartbreaking loss. You and know, the,
0: yeah. yeah okay, the the worst Go part. On. The worst part was we were up by as many as 15 points.
1: Yeah, I came in at to the station. Uh, we, everyone was watching the game. It was five minutes left on the clock. Uh, We were we were we up? We were trailing. We were trailing by one point. Right, right. We were. And then we we managed to go ahead by three points or so, and then we managed to lose that uh, lose that um, that advantage, that lead, all in the span of five minutes.
0: And it just sucks when you know that you know your boys were playing their hearts out. They were shooting the lights out at least in the first half. You know There were, there were some mistakes here and there, but no, no, that no, happens no. in uh, every game. Yeah,
1: speaking of mistakes, I would like to call out Andre Blach. For what? For being a pussy in the, in those last possessions.
0: For not taking it to the yeah, hole? Yeah, for not
1: taking it to the hole. And he was already there under the rim, under the hoop. And he and, and, he, and he goes up to, for the layup and he kicks it out. Presumably going for the three-pointer I, I understand that you might want The three-pointer says It's a better shot Right And you know your guys can make it On a good day On a good With a good look But come on Man up Man up Finish your layup, you're right there.
0: You know what? I kind of agree with you on that one because you didn't get to see the first part. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Blatch was bullying the Puerto Rico big men yeah, inside. Yeah, so
1: why, why wasn't he doing the same at the end?
0: I don't know, but on a night like this, when everyone's a freaking basketball analyst. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, everyone is saying, ah, goodness, andre Blatch ah, and then injured yeah, no, man is injured. was right there. He, he was, there. was right there. That was frustrating as hell.
1: That, that 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 was I mean, that those, those were that was one of the few the last few possessions that we could have had something go we could have had uh, could have preserved our lead but no we we gave it up we gave up the turnovers we gave up uh, mindless lost um, fruitless possessions that allowed Puerto Rico to get back in the game
0: naman Puerto Rico ganyan ba katigas binawi na Torres pati game why uh, I don't know. Um, I guess another thing that just frustrates me right now is the fact that there's a lot of people out there who talk about moral victories and say nah, you know, it's okay, guys. It's okay, Pilipinas. Gilas Pilipinas did its job. They took us to the world stage. They showed the world what puso means. And that's they, were wh-
1: he- they were here to show the world.
0: They were here to show the world. Even <laughs> well, though they weren't perfection. They yeah, were here yeah. to show the world. But I don't know. I uh, When do we draw the line between saying that nah, a moral victory is good and, you know, we we can't just settle for moral victories. Where do we draw yeah, that line? Per,
1: yeah, personally, uh, we are UP students, and we know how it feels to to come up and lose in a heartbreaking fashion, in a really close fashion against teams that we know could have we could have beat. Yeah, kind of like or the UP at Ateneo yeah, game earlier. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god. Now you had to go there.
0: As UP students, <laughs> as UP alumni, you and I, yeah. You and I suffered two heartbreakers in one day. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. It's easy to be that guy. It's easy to be that guy who goes who goes on social media, who goes on his soapbox on the internet, and is saying uh, "Come on, guys, let's not celebrate mediocrity." It's easy to be that guy, but I, uh, now I don't want to be that guy. I, I could have been that. Guy. I was kind of that guy when UP had its first win, that led to the bonfire. Right. Right. And uh, well, I, I got I got a bit put in my place, and now I don't want to be that guy. Because for u p um it was a celebration of making baby steps toward getting better and i this i think that um when we talk about Gidas when we talk about puso when we talk about congratulating the boys for for the best they've done on this uh, outing
0: on the world stage mind you yeah
1: I think it's kind of like the same thing we're 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 celebrating them we're praising them for baby steps because guys we haven't been here since nineteen seventy eight exactly So, what do you have to say about that?
0: I don't know. Uh, Ang hirap e. I say, like, I kind of see both sides of the equation. Yeah, yeah. yes. So do
1: I. So do I. That's why it's hard. It's easy to be that guy, but it's also hard to be. Uh, the heartbreaker here The heartbreak kid
0: <laughs> Right And you know Everybody Everybody and their mother Has been talking about Puso How Gila's Pilipinas Has shown the world What heart really means e- Even people like Zach Lowe Zach Harper uh, You know these, these basketball writers Who everybody follows On Twitter yeah. Say na, You know The Philippines really Put heart On, on the world stage Right there with, with their performance In the World Cup But now that we think About it You're talking about the World Cup. And I think someone really has to contextualize the fact that biologically and genetically, uh, we're at a huge disadvantage.
1: Let me quote Jay-Z here by saying that moral victories are for minor league coaches. And, well, we can't say exactly that Coach Shot is a minor league coach. He's by no means a minor league coach. And, And you mentioned the biological disadvantage here. And... It's exactly why, that's exactly why we have to kind of adjust our standards here That, that we already understand that we are, our guys are not the biggest, the, the tallest, the, the brawnies in the game
0: Wait lang, so let me get this straight Are you trying to say that we can't hold the Gilas Pilipinas boys on the same standard as Team USA, as Spain, as Greece and Croatia and all those other teams? I
1: think empirically we can't because of the, because of nature, because of genetics, because of bi- biology.
0: Right, right. Because
1: as much as I would love to, I would love to hold Gidas on the same standard as everyone else.
0: Yeah, because if height na naman pag-usapan, halos makasingtangkada na naman si Sergio Baka at si Jun Marfahardo.
1: But i just can 't I, I, I you know I just can 't it 's also the quality of competition the guys at home are getting and and you know, other than other than biology other than genetics other than physical physical stats and that's you know, going back to what I was saying that 's why we can 't exactly hold them up to the same standards because of that existing biological disadvantage
0: but then again i don 't want to be that guy who says nah we can't hold our boys to the same standard so let's just focus our attention no, yeah, on sports no, we can yeah. actually win yeah, like yeah. football or yeah. rugby i don't want to be that guy
1: no yeah me too me too i don't want to be that i don't want to discourage anyone and i'm a you know i'm a fan of the underdog i'm a fan of daniel bryan i'm a fan of eddie guerrero you know guys who are considered too small to hold the big the big the big championship
0: Right, but at the end of the day, we have to face the facts na, na that it's just not working out in our favor because genetics has long betrayed the Filipino. But also. Yeah, that's,
1: no, yeah, that's why I think it's okay for us to celebrate Puso, to celebrate our effort that went into go, getting to this stage. And I think FIBA understands that there is an existing biological disadvantage between cultures, between races, between ethnicities.
0: You know, the playing field is by no means equal, and there's yeah, a reason yeah. why they allow yeah, imports a, to be yeah, naturalized. Right,
1: exactly. I was I was about to say that. That's maybe by allowing the imports, uh, one import per national team. Right. That's uh, that's a, that's FIBA understanding the, the the nature of humanity.
0: Sure, it's not going to equalize everything. Right? And Andre Blotch is not going to help us match up against the likes of Steph Curry, against James Harden, and Anthony Davis. But they're trying. They're trying. But right? you still have to have like a fielded team of, of Filipinos representing the Philippines where basketball is as much a religion as it is a sport. I,
1: and I hope this doesn't sound condescending to our players or to anyone, any Filipino basketball player, whether you were on Guidas or not. Because. It's like I don't want to be like I said. I don't want to be the guy who crushes dreams, but I just I just want to say I commend Gilas
0: for doing what it did because that's the reality of it. Hindi Gilas. <laughs> yeah. we're gonna we're gonna set the record straight. Hindi last year at the FIBA Asia Championship for them to finish second right there And yeah, take I, us to the world stage for the first time since '78. Yeah, I, I <laughs> hope. <laughs> yeah,
1: I hope that there there is no. That, I hope nobody takes any condescension from from what we've been saying.
0: But so, the fact of the matter is that you know, we're just not in a place where we can succeed right now. But if we're going to take the argument that these are baby steps, sure, we, got, we have to take our hits yet again. We've taken our hits time and again, whether it's in the Asia Championship, whether it's in the Jones Cup, or in these other tournaments that our, our Gilas boys have been participating in. And I guess this is just one of those bumps again
1: And, yeah, and that the we good, have to go through. Yeah, right. And the good thing is, if we ever do win down the line, somewhere down the line, it'll be even sweeter because uh,
0: we're not supposed to win against the taller taller nationalities and that's what makes the story of the underdog just so good like you know just to bring it back to wrestling jack swagger and rusev like sure rusev did kick his ass but when he gets that win whether it's against rusev or whether it's against Bo dallas it's going to be just so much sweeter for the guys cheering for the real american that's
1: yeah that's just one thing we could take away from it um, i guess that's the only thing we can take away from it because
0: well, the, fact that yeah. we, the fact that we held Croatia to like to, we, we pushed yeah, Croatia and, yeah, to overtime
1: and That's something we haven't also touched upon That, that, that Gilas has taken almost everyone here to, to a really close fight
0: It's a 5 point margin lang. Five, Within 5 points Croatia, Argentina, Puerto Rico Greece was the only one to have beaten us by over 10 points Again,
1: still losses But more than what um, people have been saying for us and you, you got to start somewhere, guys. Um, I think nobody was expecting us to sweep the group. Oh, hell no. Of course not.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. so there's that. I guess I, well, maybe we're all just saying this. We're both just saying all of this because as as fans of athletes, of the underdog story, we don't want to take anything away from Guidas Filipinas. We don't want to take anything away from their efforts at all. Because to do so would just be... Just be a buzzkill about it,
0: and it would be a great disservice for all you know to all the hard work, all the sacrifices yeah. of the players, the coaching staff, the managers. So we have to put it out there. It's easy
1: for it's easy for someone who isn't playing the game, who isn't suge- who isn't subjected to that kind of pressure on the world stage, to be negative and you know and to spout some negativity about how we're holding them to a mediocre standard
0: because we're not. And you know, the fact is that we're not equal and for as long as we're not on the same level of, of competency, we can't hold them to the same yeah, standards. Un-
1: unless we're unless until we're not all Superman, or until we're not all a race of supermen. We cannot um, we cannot impose this unilateral standard of equality.
0: Right, right. So now that we, you know, now that we mentioned underdogs, yes,
1: yeah, since, since this is still a wrestling podcast,
0: <laughs> we have to bring it back to wrestling. And you know, uh, it, it was a close finish. What we just witnessed, I, I'm still, I'm still trying to grasp for the right words, or try to keep myself level-headed here. But as a wrestling fan, we've seen our fair share of underdogs taking it to, uh, taking it to somebody who's been. So, y- 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 the one with the advantage. See, I'm tr- I'm losing my train <laughs> of thought here. You want
1: me? You want me to take this one?
0: Yeah, yeah sure. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> right. So, going, uh, bringing it back to wrestling. Well, we had this idea now since um, we've had this close finish, close loss. What have you? What have been your memorable close losses in in the wrestling world?
0: I'm glad that you brought up underdogs. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, Daniel Bryan. Wrestlers, you know, We already have a treasure trove of memories to dig up uh, I guess my favorite close finish from Eddie Guerrero Is not against JBL It's actually against uh, Kurt Angle in the Steel Cage match
1: Yeah, that was really annoying When I, when I first heard the news when I, Then when I saw it on SmackDown That was, uh, oh my god And that was still a mark then Right, right? sorry, <laughs> it
0: was against JBL And Kurt Angle interfered yeah, as yeah, El yeah, Gran yeah, Luchador yeah. Yes,
1: El Gran Luchador <laughs> Luchador. It, it was heartbreaking cuz
0: it was a steel cage match and Eddie was feeling yeah, froggy. Yeah, Eddie was Eddie no,
1: Eddie was about to win.
0: Because he was up there and instead of climbing down, he felt froggy and did the frog splash.
1: Mm. Then he then he went then he tried to come back out and, and then, then, then that's, that's when,
0: when Kurt Angle did his thing.
1: Yeah, and my favorite um, Eddie false finish, a close finish was uh, the Texas Bull Rope match at Great American Bash 04 Wow, wow, yeah uh, I think both of them were busted over Yeah, that was point. a great match It was a really underrated match And I think um, when you get a match gimmick like that It's kind of corny Yeah So I think they did the best they can do with it With such a stipulation And it, it was such um, It was a bit anticlimactic Because it had to go to instant replay But it was a good booking decision
0: and you know, now that we mentioned Daniel Bryan, who could ever forget uh, SummerSlam 2013?
1: Yeah, technically he finished strongly. He, technically he won. He beat Cena.
0: Right, but then Randy Orton had to come in, cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase. Not, of course, not not, not without any help from Triple H, who right. had to pedigree Daniel Bryan. sakit din Right. I remember my exact tweet right after that. I quoted Jit Fresh and said, I think I need a cigarette, but I don't even smoke.
1: Jit Fresh? It's I, Git Fresh.
0: No, it's, it's Jit Fresh, my friend. Says who? Says them. Listen what? to their records. Jit Fresh. They go Jit Fresh. Jit Fresh. Jit Fresh. Jit? Fresh.
1: It doesn't make music. sense at all.
0: It doesn't make sense uh, to me either, but that's how they're called.
1: All right, all right. Whatever. Anyway, so um, no, my favorite Daniel Bryan false finish was um, uh, Hell in a Cell 20 to 2013. <laughs> Shawn Michaels? Shawn Michaels. Shit.
0: Yeah, I remember that. <laughs>
1: that was funny. Emma am a... Well, it was annoying. You know, they were pulling out all the stops they could to keep Brian away from the championship as long as possible. And that was funny.
0: Not <laughs> looking you have, back. Now back.
1: No, you never thought that Shawn Michaels would turn even a bit heel for, for that.
0: Shepard looking back, it's funny. But I think at the time, I couldn't find it funny. I yeah, was exactly. yeah, yeah. I was pissed I mean, as
1: shit. That's when you know that they were doing a good job.
0: Because you're marking up and you're taking off your smart cat, your smart hat and you're actually looking at it from the perspective of I'm enjoying this in the heat of the moment and I'm actually eating off the palm of their hands. Right, and
1: I realized then uh, I was thinking lately that there are two kinds of investment in a match when depending on what kind of fan you are. Uh-huh. If you're a mark, you just get invested out of the fact that um, out of the fact that you think it's still real. Right, like you still that the match outcome the, uh, uh, the match. Decides. uh, Sorry, the match outcome is reliant on well skills
0: and stuff. (inaudible) tipong, Eddie Guerrero could have totally won that match if he probably just tried hard enough, or yeah, yeah, exactly. Or if he actually used this move instead of that move against JBL or against Kurt Angle.
1: But if you're smart, the way you get invested in a match is if you think the WWE or whoever company is is holding the show is bound to do something stupid.
0: Say you're invested in the fate Of a particular character Like right. if it's an IWC Or internet wrestling Community yeah, the, favorite Yeah
1: the latest example I can give you is uh, SummerSlam The SummerSlam Yeah um, Brock versus Cena and I was th- invested in that match Not because um, I think Cena is the greatest I mean well, I do think Cena is the greatest But not because of Cena's skills But it was because of were, was the WWE really gonna pull this off? Is are they really gonna pull off the Brock Lesnar title reign? Even though this guy is a part timer.
0: The thing with me was, and and SummerSlam 2014 was, I actually kind of felt, nah, more than anyone else, that Brock Lesnar was actually gonna win it. But my yeah, question but, was, yeah, how was yeah. it gonna happen? Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I felt it too. But but I. Then again, this is WWE. And anything and, can happen. Anything can happen in the WWE. So when Cena came back, when, when Cena did his comeback, I thought that that was it. As I told you before on this podcast. So that's when I get invested. When I think that the something is gonna get screwed up, uh, SummerSlam 2014, WrestleMania 30, Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble 2014.
0: Yeah, because we were all waiting for Daniel Bryan to come out, and then you know how underwhelming uh, the last entrant was, Rey Mysterio. Right.
1: So, false finishes, a uh, close finishes in wrestling. What have you got? Tell us
0: Let us know We're on Twitter You know where to find us, right? It's at Stan947
1: At War. A lot of Gila's tweets uh, Coming between the two of us
0: (laughs) Oh yeah (laughs) Damn damn straight Now let's move on now To our list of the things We actually liked And didn't like From this week in wrestling And this is the list That we call Spots
1: Spots and Botches botches.
0: Our first spot And this is from Smackdown Was the six-man tag team match Between Roman Reigns, Big Show And Mark Henry Against Bray Wyatt And the Wyatt family Now if you notice The way that they wrestled Over I I guess it was Over uh, approaching At least approaching 2,000 pounds Of humanity Inside that ring All of them big dudes But the biggest of them all The big show Was actually wrestling Like a cruiserweight And this is strange Coming from the 7 foot 450 pound wrestler Who's already In his mid 40's He was wrestling Like a cruiserweight At one point he attempted a sunset flip Which the announced team called A solar system flip I think Big Show is on some DDP yoga You know He's <laughs> actually in uh, I dare say He's in the best shape In his whole career
1: I think they're just having fun in that summer, and that SmackDown main event. And why not, right? Because um, it's uh, the B show. <laughs> right. So why not have some fun?
0: Well, I'm pressure, you know. And it did come up
1: as a good match. So good job, Big Show. Good job on your newfound agility. <laughs> and uh, thank you for bringing back the cruiserweight division, Big Show. In some way, <laughs> in some form or shape.
0: <laughs> Our next spot on this list, I mean, we talked about Bailey on the podcast. I think that was last week or a couple uh, of weeks ago. A couple ago. of
1: weeks ago. And we talked about how Bayley's character Isn't really Cannot really be taken seriously And I'm glad to report That she has taken it up a notch The seriousness factor Now that she is established As the number one contender To Charlotte's NXT Women's Championship So now um, Charlotte ah, Sorry Bayley is really serious Really um, putting in the right Putting in the right mood For this title match Um, You know As you know Bayley likes to hug people Yeah But for this time, for Charlotte, she does not want to hug her. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess that's how you set up a feud. And that is serious business. It is serious business That is when you know shit has hit the fan
0: And that's when you know that a character is actually hitting all the right spots And I know that there's another uh, item on our list Which happened right before this But I want to bring this up right now Since we're talking about characters hitting all the right spots Let's talk about The Miz And how as a heel right now His moneymaker gimmick is actually hitting all the right spots
1: Mike Mizanin is golden as a character right now Might be the best acted character in the WWE at the moment
0: Let's just give you a quick rundown of the things associated with Miz's current Hollywood character. He's got a stunt double in The da- Method Man.
1: Damien Mizdow, who is not black, by the way.
0: That's right. He is The Method Man. He acts as Mrs. stunt double. He takes Mrs. bumps, takes Mrs. falls, even wrestles Miz's matches for him. That is
1: genius. Very gen- I, don't, I don't know who came up with this idea, but whoever did it is really genius.
0: You know what the best part of Damien Mizdow was this week? What? On Raw during the tag team match between Miz and Dolph Ziggler against Sheamus and Cesaro, Miz went out of the ring because he was in trouble, and he told Damon Miz out to get in there and take his place. Sandow yells, "Action!" I loved
1: it. I love that. I love, but I love the action so much. I
0: so did I. He he takes off his pants right, and he gets in and takes the zigzag from Dolph Ziggler. Now
1: the only the, the only thing left for for Damon Sandow to do in order to sell. The stunt double gimmick is to shave his beard and to get a haircut so that he looks more like Miz. He's never going to look the same as Miz, but you get, you know, Miz doesn't have a beard.
0: Right, to approximate you that. You know, Dye his hair brown, yeah. cut it. Uh, yeah.
1: I think I think they got some money here with the money makers. And, and we yeah, Put them in a tag team, call them the money makers.
0: And we're not done running down what we love about Miz's gimmick right now. He's got a makeup artist, or in, in the Philippines, what we like to call a PA or a right, personal yeah, right, assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might be AC Kuya yeah. He's yeah. got a director's chair
1: Right And how, do, wait, how does he know When it's time to tag in
0: that, you know, That's a good yeah, question I, I
1: was thinking about that He was sitting on the chair When I first saw him Right. When he was not, when Cesaro was in the match, right. And then the next thing I saw, he was already up on the apron getting tagged in. So mm-hmm. how did he know?
0: They lang na Okay, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. But so, okay, I'm good. I, I can right. get back. But you know, Mike Mizanin is he's motivated right now, and we love where this gimmick is taking him right now, and that's a spot, a huge one on this week's list.
1: Oh, by the way, he covers up his face so well. Yeah, he um, does the, the gimmick of covering up his face um, from all the face shots. And I kind of wonder why isn't Tyler Breeze doing this?
0: That's yeah, right. he's, yeah. he,
1: Tyler Breeze has a gimmick of a pretty boy.
0: And he's got the narcissistic thing going on Yeah, for wouldn't him as well. you,
1: if you were a pretty boy, wouldn't you want to protect your face from all the possible blows you can
0: get? Actually, now that you mention it, Tyler Breeze is more likely to engage in a fight than The Miz is.
1: Which is weird. Because In they're no supposedly be
0: on the same level of vanity, narcissism.
1: Yeah. If no, if I were Tyler Breeze and I'm handsome, I know it. <laughs> not handsome. Mmm, <laughs> gorgeous. Fine, I'm not mm, gorgeous, but I'm dashing like Cody Rhodes. But if I were him, I'm, I'd want to, you know, I'd want to get, I'd want to protect my teeth. I'd protect my, I'd guard my teeth. From Yilang, you would insure your face. Yeah, exact,
0: exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think Miz has actually said this as a character, like he actually insured the moneymaker. Anyway, uh, since we mentioned Tyler Breeze, let's bring up his match from NXT last week, which is also a spot. It was the main event of NXT last Thursday. Uh, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville going up against Tyler Breeze and Tyson Kidd.
1: It was really good. Um, As as could be expected from these four men, nothing more to say. But it was a really good um, match to set up. The the four-way championship match at TakeOver next week.
0: That's right, takeover is happening next week, and there's a reason why we haven't seen those September spoilers for right, NXT right, right
1: and so um, I just want to point out the finish of the match. It was brilliantly booked because these guys will be competing against each other for the NXT championship, so how do you really um, save one and protect the rest or you know how do you really, how do you really make one lose and that's when and that's why you you book some shenanigans, yeah. Uh, So, in the finish of this match, we saw Sami Zayn inadvertently hitting uh, Adrian Neville, his tag team partner, with a big boot.
0: Right, right. And that's
1: how Tyson Kidd manages to roll him up for the win. So, good job, guys. Uh, Really great booking, really sensible booking. Um, If you want to know how to book um, two faces
0: and two heels against everyone else, that's how you do it. Now, if you want to know how not to book a face and a heel against each other, please watch the growing up Bella segments on Raw from this past week
1: or the throwing up Bella segments.
0: Man, um, a lot of people have said this on Twitter. The segments were unintentionally hilarious, <laughs> mostly because between Nikki Bella's stories slash rants and Brie Bella trying to play the victim, hindi mo alam you know who should you really root for? Because the way that Nikki Bella bitched about Brie, if I were,
1: if I were, you know, if I were Nikki. I'd consider myself the face too. I wish you died in the womb. Nikki has more reason to be the face than Bree does.
0: So you have how Bree abandoned her back when, uh, back when the Daniel Bryan saga was happening, and then you have Bree supposedly stealing Nikki's prom date slash boyfriend. Bree supposedly stealing the license and Bree supposedly totaling the car and blaming it on Nikki. We don't. We don't
1: even know if Bree stole Nikki's boyfriend in the parking lot. They never. She never said what they were doing in the parking lot. Yeah. They Making out Smoking a joint Burning donuts In the asphalt na confused lang yung prom date ah, you yeah. so
0: You're, you're, you're Brie I thought you were Nikki Yeah exactly
1: Nikki didn't have the boobs then <laughs> Yeah
0: And Brie didn't have those tattoos then either Exactly Right? Fuck
1: you Nikki <laughs> I wish you died in the
0: womb Seriously though Those growing up Bella segments Were not as good as we would have Oh by liked. the way
1: Um Brie apologized to Nikki on Twitter for hitting her on the segment. Oh, she did. And then Nikki accepted the apology. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> what the hell is going on here now? But the good thing is... Um, they're still
0: sharing a Twitter account.
1: Not, no, not that. <laughs> um, it looks, no, it, the good thing is it looks like they're going to be added to the Divas Championship match at Night of Champions.
0: Right, because right now, as it stands, it looks like there's going to be a four-way feud between Paige, the Divas champion, AJ Lee, and the Bella Twigs. Yeah, and
1: that's a lot better because at least you have, in one match, two awesome Divas and two kind of any Divas. And that's instead something we'd rather yeah, have. Yeah, instead of um, having one awesome Divas match and having one lame Divas match.
0: You see uh, my opinion here on the stories is they're trying to make you invested in the characters so you get invested in the stories yeah. but my theory on storytelling is dapat <laughs> the other way around what? you have to make your audience invested in the story so that they can get invested in the characters no
1: i don't have a problem with the story i say if it were anyone else it would be okay the problem here then is that the bellas are terrible actresses that's the only thing that's holding the story back it's a, it's a compelling story. Sibling rivalry, that's good shit. And it's simple. We, we want to see this on, on Stardust and Goldust.
0: Right. And we, we've been clamoring for this since uh, before the podcast even began. Right. So
1: it's really just the terrible acting skills of Bree and Nikki Bella.
0: But since you know, we're talking about the women's division and all the rivalries that are taking place between the divas, how about the tease of a potential feud between AJ Lee and Stephanie McMahon? We've right. seen their husbands fight. Yep We've seen them go at it But how about the wives This time And AJ's a really good Character worker She's Here a good she, I mean she's a better Character than she is An actual wrestler yeah, At this she point Yeah is.
1: she is That's true
0: At this point But I'd love to see AJ and Steph Just throw it down Probably cut a few promos Against each other It was a good tease For what it's worth Right And
1: I do want to see this Actually, it's been teased for uh, quite a bit now. It's been teased last year, I think.
0: Right, because uh, as early as last year, I believe AJ was already calling Steph Boss Lady. Mm-hmm. So when she addressed Steph as Boss Lady again, I was like, Hey, that sounded familiar. And that was a nice uh, way to bring in continuity.
1: And this is going to be much better than Steph versus Bree.
0: Oh th- yeah, for sure, for sure. And of course, we know that Stephanie McMahon actually still has you know she still has her game inside the ring, and she has the game training her once again. So, for you know.
1: so- I don't even know how that is possible. Since it's been ten years since over ten years, my friend. No, ten years. Oh, yeah, yeah, over ten years. Over ten years. Yeah. Two thousand three, Palayan.
0: Right, right. So you know, uh, big props once again to Stephanie McMahon. Uh, Next item on our list. Let's go big. Let's talk about Mark Henry and how he's got two simultaneous feuds at the moment, which some people find interesting. Other people may find it confusing. Uh, Angsaquin is decide, please.
1: Mine, which no, which,
0: are, which opponent are you fucking with,
1: Mark? My is that it's ambitious in a good way, because uh, the, the, the WWE has never really tried to go complex. I don't know why. Be, maybe because Vince is kind of a straightforward kind of guy. Yeah. But going for two simultaneous feuds, and they've been booking really complex lately. They've right, been booking right. ins and outs, very nuanced, very subtle, very um very. Very thorough, actually,
0: and my my uh, hint of forward thinking.
1: Yeah, there's a bit of forward thinking. There's a bit of all around omniscient thinking, right? And it's kind of like this, but the problem here, then, is that it's kind of executed clunkily. In
0: that, parang you you they book it in a way that gets you confused. My issue with with Mark Henry feuding with both Eric Rowan and Luke Harper and Rusev separately is Mark Henry has never been the most durable superstar around. Right, And uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm talking to you and to pretty much everyone listening right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Mark Henry has been steadily healthy and active on the roster for a full year. Mm -hmm. So now that you think about that, keeping that in mind... If Mizark gets injured again, that's two feuds that are big and important character. Mm-hmm. And that's bad for business.
1: I don't even know why, actually, why Mizark and Big Show are feeding with the White family. Nobody you know, knows why.
0: Okay. Actually, I think they came to the aid, they came to somebody's aid, if I recall no,
1: correctly. No, that was before. Before that happened. I, I, at least I know why Mark Henry is feuding with Rusev.
0: Right, because Mark Henry stepped up to defend the US of A, which is a
1: lot better than Swagger versus Rusev.
0: But yeah, big show and Mark Henry, uh, you know, taking on the Wyatt family. I don't know. Um, you got, uh, that's my that's my big fear actually. If Mark Henry gets injured again, and I hope he doesn't get injured. That's two simultaneous storylines down the drain.
1: I just hope that they execute the two the two simultaneous storylines uh, in a more streamlined fashion, in a in a more in a more natural fashion Right like, That's it I don't know how Actually I'm trying to think of How best to execute this But um, Well if they really want Two feuds for Mark Then go on Go right ahead Just just make sure It, it comes off well
0: So at, at this point We're not really gonna Pass our verdict yet On Mark Henry Having two simultaneous feuds It's neither a spot Neither a botch But it's something We just had to point out Another thing we wanna point out From this past week Is Bo Dallas's Vox Pop segment Yep uh, he basically brought out three members of the WWE universe, and he, fa- you know, he let Jack Swagger have, you know, uh, you know, face them, and he gave them real names, gave them real faces, and he told them how how they, these they are were three, let down. three how of they the 318 let... million Americans let down
1: by Jack Swagger losing to Rusev. <laughs>
0: it was kind of weird, uh, kind of weird, especially because I I noticed. Zeb Coulter was back, and when they brought up that immigrant uh, who was part of the audience, Angelo, yeah. Right, Angelo. Uh, Zeb Coulter was actually insinuating that he was an illegal immigrant to begin with. Mm-hmm. And he was doing his thing where he uses his fingers to uh, you know, m- pantomime, sneaking around the border and all that. See, this
1: is why I want Zeb to stay away from Swagger. Or the other way around, I want Swagger to stay away from Zeb. Because whatever Zeb says is going to reflect on Swagger.
0: Right, and for every two steps Swagger takes towards being a legitimate, sympathetic babyface, mm-hmm. Zeb makes him take one step back.
1: God, man, he really is a backward ass old white American.
0: All right, and, not, not to hate too much on Zeb Coulter, yeah. but to bring it back to the segment, it was another one of those unintentionally hilarious segments. Yeah,
1: I do like the fact, I do like when uh, Bo Dallas name dropped Vladimir Putin. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I was making this joke that is. Bo, a sleeper agent for the Kremlin? Is, it's kind of weird. You're putting over Putin.
0: Did they have those uh, those rumors before? Like, remember when Salt, that movie from Angelina Jolie, yeah, right. came yeah. out? Now, there are a lot of secret Russians from there, among there Americans. are
1: actually secret Russians among the Americans. That's that's true.
0: So is Bo Dallas one of them? Now mm, <laughs> it's weird
1: though, because even Zeb praises Obama.
0: Right. Uh, all right. Uh, we're down to our last two items on the list. How about Adam Rose... Uh, coming out to face Titus O'Neil Let's just point this one out Really quickly He actually looked more like Leo Kruger than Russell Brand this week
1: I just think that he forgot To shave So that's just me <laughs>
0: but, but that's a knock on, on Adam Rose The wrestler Or the human And not You know Because hey, you're supposed To maintain your character Right? You're supposed to do Everything you can To maintain the physical Appearance of your character mm-hmm. Now you're that's supposed true. to Work out And you're supposed, to sh- you're supposed to Shave the necessary Facial hair If you want to complete A particular look Especially because The way that Leo Kruger Looks is particularly Different from how Adam Rose looks to si Leo Kruger, mm-hmm. Whereas Adam Rose just sported a soul patch But that's not the item on this week's spots and botches Our, our gripe Is the fact that the bunny And Adam Rose, if you recall He has the exotic express, he has a bunny And the bunny got into, got into A physical fight with Heath Slater Now while that was funny, what I didn't find Funny was when the bunny and Adam Rose Ganged up on Slater and shoved him Into the steel steps, that was a dick move the bunny was funny, though. I really like the bunny. No, don't get me wrong. The bunny was <laughs> I think, funny. I wonder if
1: the bunny was Chavo Guerrero again.
0: The bunny was too tall to be Chavo, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I didn't like it because it was something that a heel would do. Like, if you shove your opponent into the steel steps, if it's not a no-holds-barred or no-disqualification match, that's illegal. And, and it implies that you really want to cause pain on your opponent. That's a heel move. Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> maybe, maybe they are really turning him heel soon. And turning Slater Gator face.
1: Yeah, well, Slater Gator have been getting over his faces anyway.
0: <laughs> the thing is, before Slater and, and uh, Titus got together, I think they were actually slowly turning face and then they turned yep. heel again. Right? Yeah. So, no, the
1: way they interact with each other, it's kind of like um, it's funny. So they kind of get over as faces because they're funny.
0: It reminds me of Team Hell No. Remember when they started uh, yeah. tagging together? Yeah. My, my, my straight man and... Uh, the and, comic foil. Right, comic foil. And how, you know, they would get into a lot of disagreements. But yeah, I, I just really didn't appreciate the Bunny and Adam Rose being dicks. Right, last item on the list. John Cena's alleged sign bot. You want to take this one?
1: Yeah. Um. As you may have seen at the end of last Monday's Raw... Cena held up the sign. Right. And the, the sign was two-sided.
0: On, on one side, it had, you can't see me written on it.
1: And the other side had, tag me in. The words tag me in on, on that side.
0: Now, if you remember the main event, right? Six-man tag match. Cena, Jericho, Roman Reigns against the Wyatt family. John Cena didn't really get tagged in until the very end.
1: Yeah, Roman Reigns tagged in Jericho when, um, when both uh, Jericho and Cena's hands were outstretched. And when he tagged in Jericho, you can see... Plainly see on Cena's face frustration that he was not tagged in.
0: Not even frustration; it was exasperation.
1: Maybe. Oh, okay, fine. It, what What is worse, exasperation or frustration? Anyway, so yeah, Cena sold that not being tagged in really well. But might I add, because um, it was for the context. Um, it was a, sh- a chance for all six guys to prove if they could be, you know, the next. Um, challenger to Brock Lesnar because Triple H was considering canceling John Cena's title shot because of health safety reasons.
0: Thank you for reminding me. I actually botched that uh, that intro to the no, match. No, it's fine. It was it was actually, fine. Uh, Randy Orton said, "Nobody Seth Rollins, really, and Kane. nobody
1: really remembers it because it, it was a lackluster role."
0: Right, right. But at the end, at the very end, Cena was holding up that sign, right? Lucky yeah, Wanya from somebody in the front and row.
1: You think it's a botch, but what if it isn't? What if, if he was really selling his frustration? That it just so happened that someone in the crowd, someone nearby at ringside, had this particular sign that says, Tag me in.
0: And he was holding it up facing the crowd. But you know what? You can't yeah, yeah. see me. Yeah, that's
1: what, yeah. That's what makes me think it's a botch that he did the you can't see me gesture. But mm. it, we'll never know. Yeah. And, well, I just want to say that people have been, um, um, have been theorizing that maybe we really are on the way to a John Cena turn. Wow. Because on top of... I don't know if you've listened to the latest uh, Steve Austin show, Unleashed, with Paul Heyman.
0: I know they've been putting over the Lesnar-Cena feud very, very well. Yeah, and
1: Heyman said that Cena would have to go to a dark place within himself to beat Brock. And that if he did, he might never, ever get out. Right? So what if this is really happening? What if this is it?
0: Like baby steps, you know?
1: Yeah, because uh, Cena also threatened to sue... Uh, Triple H If he ever Got around to Canceling his title shot And And that's
0: the first time We've heard John Cena And sue in the same sentence Yeah
1: Cena would just Fight Right Cena would just fight For what he thinks is right What he thinks he's uh, Deserved And Suing You know Legal means Legal um, Methods Legal um, Yeah So That thing is Kind of a heelish move Because That's a bit of a cowardly move To to go Take it to the courts
0: then again, Brie Bella did that as well, and you know we've associated Brie Bella. Nobody cares with... about Brie Bella. No, I I I don't mean to exactly say that nobody cares about Brie Bella. She is still Mrs. Daniel Bryan, and I think a big reason of why people cheer for Brie is because she is Mrs. Daniel Bryan. Now, when she threatened to sue Stephanie at the WWE, people were cheering for that shit. They were eating that shit up.
1: Th- that's because um, Steph was a good heel, was a good enough heel to make it.
0: Is Triple H not a good enough heel? He is. So, so so, why are we, but we putting know John Cena, Cena and Brie Bella but, but on we, different we know
1: Cena can beat Triple H. We know Cena can just um, fight Triple H and just take what's his.
0: And we were expecting Brie Bella to fight Stephanie McMahon and defeat her at SummerSlam. But you and I it, predicted her to win.
1: Yeah, but uh, the thing is that Brie Bella and Stephanie is different from Cena and Triple H. It's just not as charged as emo- I, I don't know what I'm saying here but it's just some something different that I cannot extrapolate on right now
0: Ang sa lang kasi is you can't fault John Cena for threatening to sue if yeah, you're you not going to fault Brie know. Bella
1: as a law student I cannot fault Cena but as a guy who knows his wrestling and prefer that his faces actually wrestle and the heels to do the cowardly um the cowardly means then come on
0: and to go to you know if if you want to if you want to refresh on what it takes to be a heel or to be a face, you might want to just uh, go back and uh, go back to our other episodes because we have talked about this at length as well, right? Like what makes a, what makes a compelling baby face versus what makes a compelling heel. And
1: nobody likes going to court. People would just rather settle. Yeah. The, 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 the best thing to do would be to settle instead right. of actually drawing out the entire issue in a long trial in court. That's the heelish part of it. Yeah. That's one thing. I can tell you that as a law student.
0: And uh, I guess I guess we've said what we've had to said on you know on, on John Cena this. So week. it's just interesting that
1: it might be happening soon, if ever Cena wins against Lesnar at Night of Champions, Cena's done. And if that happens, then of course the whole long ass of Brock Lesnar versus John Cena arc that I proposed two weeks ago is not happening.
0: <laughs> of course, the plus minus on that is that the entire storyline will last what two years, three years? You need plus minus, right? Yeah, yeah Two years, three years But until then Until then All of that will remain As speculation
1: Only the scene a heel turn can, can make me go back On my word And
0: eat your words Yeah Alright, and until uh, then though That's the list of the things We like and do not like About wrestling this week The list that was called Spots, Spots and
1: botches. botches And we actually took a long time About that Yeah, yeah we <laughs> did
0: Yeah, we did
1: We took a long time Discussing Gidas That's right Anyway the following segment is brought to you by Joe Anuai Guns and Ammo. We have a hair trigger. And, well, we have nothing for this really because it's a returning segment. No, no fancy scriptry, no fancy spiels. This is the, the Roman
0: Reigns moveset update. He's actually added some moves yet again to his move set this week. If you noticed uh, his match against uh, Rollins Kane and Orton.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he added a hip toss. Para
0: <laughs> hip hip toss buddy.
1: You'd think that that would be the first thing
0: he would add. Right, right. And yet, this is probably the first time we've seen a hip toss from Roman Reigns. You hip know-
1: toss, arm drag, whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah, it's easy enough.
0: He also added a side slam to his move set. Finally, because he was trying to break out of a hold from Kane, if I'm not mistaken. Yay! And lastly, a back suplex
1: to the apron.
0: Who would have thought it? Who would have thought that Roman Reigns could actually do a back suplex? Damn it, Joe! Good job,
1: Joe, for adding three, not one, not two, but three new moves to your
0: moveset. Now let's stay tuned to SmackDown. He has a rematch with Randy Orton coming out on SmackDown. Jeez,
1: everyone has a rematch nowadays.
0: If uh, he can actually maintain those three moves or if if he will add other moves. You know
1: what I like? What? That in SGP, we have an official discussion thread for Raw, an official discussion thread for the pay-per-view. Right, and an official discussion thread. Thread, 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 thread for NXT. Uh huh. But, but not SmackDown. Not <laughs> SmackDown.
0: Because fuck SmackDown. I mean, SmackDown used to be brilliant back when Paul Heyman was booking it.
1: Yeah, it's still great. It has its moments. It's still, um, when you think about it, it's still the bastion for straightforward, solid wrestling.
0: Oh, no mind, like, you get more wrestling than promos on SmackDown. Yeah,
1: well, but you don't get. More wrestling than replays on SmackDown Right, because SmackDown so,
0: is more or less a Raw replay now Than, you know, than it was some good 5, yeah, 10 but, years but ago But on
1: SmackDown, you get the more lengthier matches Than you would on Raw Because on Raw, you just get the really short matches That just advance the story No, that's true, yeah So if you still want some really good wrestling SmackDown is still the good show to go to
0: now, for this next segment, you know, we've been telling you how our goal here at Smart Gidas p is to educate and to inform. So we're bringing back for the second straight week our segment that we call the Word, word of, of the, the week. week. Now, the Word of the Week, if you're new to the segment, is when we introduce one of the words that's part of wrestling parlance or wrestling slang. Yep. And we define it for you. Because as Marks, we have the tendency to actually incorporate these wrestling words into our normal vocabulary.
1: Yeah, you might think it's like cl- Klingon, but we, we're here to tell you what these words mean. If you don't know what it means...
0: And well, this week's Word of the Week is Dusty Finish. What is a Dusty Finish?
1: Well, first of all, as you may have gleaned from the phrase, Dusty Finish, it's a finish. And it's named after Dusty Rhodes, who was a booker before and in NWA. Right, and I, I don't know. I might be getting my history wrong there, but he was a booker. Dusty worked as a booker.
0: He was and, also the top babyface.
1: And yes, and he would book himself in or his other babyfaces in a way that because he preferred to have the heels strong, so that the babyface would always be in the chase.
0: Right. That way, the payoff at the very end would be stronger than ever. If there is a payoff. Right. Right.
1: So, for a Dusty finish, it's a finish in which the babyface wins the match. Only to have it overturned um, later, maybe moments later or the next night, next show on technical grounds. So in a way, you get the actual victory from the face, but the heel maintains status quo.
0: Right, maintains his status quo, meaning that he's still uh, the world champion at the end of the day. Now, we told you earlier that the Dusty finish was so named after Dusty Rhodes. And if you look back at his long and legendary career, a lot of his, uh, his storyline finishes were actually Dusty finishes. And a lot of them involved the likes of uh, the nature boy, Ric Flair.
1: And a lot of them involved the fact that he never really um, concretely won. Yeah. until uh, for only say for a few occasions
0: right he he was a world champion but when you think about it his reigns weren't as lengthy for example as that of of niche.
1: because he believed that people would rather see um the babyface chase the title than the than the babyface hold it and have the heel chase it
0: now for a more modern example of the dusty finish how about the night of champions uh, ending from last from last year
1: daniel bryan versus randy orton and um daniel bryan won the championship for Randy Orton, thanks to a uh, unusually fast count from, I think it was Charles Robinson, was it?
0: Right, right. Uh, he hit the knee plus and then he got a fast count. So the next night on Raw, they actually addressed it at the top of the program. And the authority came out and stripped Daniel Bryan of the WWE Championship and they returned it to Randy Orton.
1: Yep, and that is a modern Dusty finish. And that is our Word of, of the, the Week.
0: week. Now... Uh, this week, like we said, uh, it, it hasn't been really s- so eventful in the world of wrestling But it has been pretty eventful for us here at SGP Mainly because we actually sat through an entire episode of Impact Wrestling this no, week I've
1: been sitting through Impact Wrestling for a few weeks now but Fine,
0: I sat through an <laughs> entire episode of Impact Wrestling For the
1: first time in a long time
0: For the first time in years actually Because I remember growing up, I actually used to watch Impact Wrestling on Star World I would
1: watch it when I when I caught it a Star World but I realized that they were just running a lot of reruns like uh, they run they ran Genesis 2005 when when Christian first debuted on TNA for like a lot of times when I saw TNA on Star World it was Genesis 2005 for some reason
0: yeah no, I actually started watching TNA earlier than Genesis two thousand five. No, right? me
1: too. I, I would catch it and then we would make fun of it because it was like second rate to WWE.
0: Then again, <laughs> I, I I still remember some of the names back then, like AJ Styles, of course, no longer with TNA. Uh, Senshi when Loki wrestled under yep. that name. And
1: Loki's back.
0: And Loki is back, right? Unretired yet again. Uh, now, now that we mentioned Loki, how about that X Division match? Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually enjoyed that match. You know, even though it was kind of short, shorter than I would have liked. Uh, you had Crazy Steve, Loki. And was Homicide on their side? Or? Homicide, no,
1: Homicide was on the other side um, Homicide DJ Z Homicide DJ Z and, and Manic. Manic
0: Right, our boy TJ Perkins uh, wait, against- wait,
1: wait, who was with Crazy Steve um, Crazy Steve I don't know, I got it Crazy Steve, Loki, and Tigre Uno
0: That's right Crazy Steve, Loki, and Tigre Uno. Uh, like, like he said, uh, it was faster than we would have liked, but the pace was good. Something you would expect out of an X Division match, which in TNA parlance is actually their equivalent of the former Cruiserweight division in WWE. Even
1: though, actually, when it first debuted, the X Division was about no limits—not about weight limits, but about no limits. So, parang, and then they actually did put a weight limit on it.
0: But right now, Samoa Joe is the X Division champion. Yeah,
1: so there, there are no limits again. I
0: guess. Yeah. So,
1: uh, no, the no, problem with that Lang, Is while the action was fun, uh, TNA likes to run these six-man tags. There's always a six-man tag for every show. This uh-huh. is because they're trying to get as much of their talent on the roster on the show as much as possible because they only have two hours to fill.
0: Which is something that WWE doesn't have a problem with. But at the same time, you kind of long for these other talents on the show who don't get time.
1: Yeah, I mean, but the WWE also runs six-man tags a lot. <laughs>
0: Which is sad because we see the same guys in the same six man tags.
1: It's weird. But and, yeah, um, so TNA likes to run these six man tags, and it's uh, ironic because um, they could really benefit from a second show. But that's the problem with TNA is that their, ro- their roster is so stacked that, and they're still trying to work with a two hour show.
0: Right, right. Uh, you mentioned the stacked roster. I liked the opening segment when Kurt Angle greeted the uh, the fans in New York and then out came the faction of Lashley, Kenny King, and MVP.
1: That was weird. Why did why did Kurt Angle have to be up there?
0: I guess he wanted to show that he was a man of the masses. I, I, I,
1: yeah, I get that. But and he was a good
0: authority figure. It's...
1: Deviating from the norm Of how authority figures Usually operate
0: I didn't mind Because I knew That he was the baby face In that story So although, that although was okay
1: Dixie Carter did that And she was not a baby face But I guess she was Pandering to the crowd As a heel Yeah
0: probably <laughs> Probably uh, But you know um, You mentioned this I think in the SGP Facebook group That Lashley Kenny King And MVP Were pretty much Executing what We hope The Blacks As they would have been named Or you know As, oh, as, as we I would have
1: named them <laughs> As I named them
0: Kofi Kingston uh, Xavier Woods And Big E Should've done They're just people With something in common They just happen to be bad guys And they just happen to be black Yeah And
1: Yeah Well I don't doubt They got together Because they were black But they don't say that Like we're together Because we're African Americans Like
0: race was never A part of their story And I could see that They
1: just want to be dominant Right And I like the stable But it just so happens That MVP is kinda Injury prone here
0: And that's why He just serves as the mouthpiece and then you have Kenny King as the enforcer and then Lashley as the champion. Like you know, I would rather have a wimpy champion like Kenny King and Lashley as the enforcer. But then again, Lashley is the bigger talent.
1: Kenny King isn't wimpy. He just acts goofy. But he's actually really good. I just hope that they would start booking him properly. But, um, yeah, fine. Y- if you want him to be a goofy kind of lackey, that's fine. But please make him win, win some more.
0: You're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong here because you mentioned lackey. Uh, w- was... Eric Young actually a lackey before because I kind of remember from several years ago in a was parang a comedy character. Lang I
1: think he was a lackey of Team Canada, but that's about it. I, I cannot remember that much about uh, TNA before.
0: Right, because I remember Team Canada existed and I remember Eric Young with a clean shaven face yep. and with blonde hair. Yeah. And that was the EY that was actually being shot on a lot. Mm-hmm. And now to see EY as one of the number one contenders and a former world champion at that, mm-hmm. I think he's gone a long way since, you know, since when I first saw him as part of Team Canada.
1: He so, has, actually. But although he's done that to some to some complaints that he was kind of ripping off Daniel Bryan.
0: Right, with the whole <laughs> beard thing and him being an underdog, him being small. I get that, you know. So wrestling was, and that there will be comparisons. And I think, you know, when the iron is hot, you better strike it. And I think that they were just trying to ride on something that they felt they could capitalize on. Right.
1: So what 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 do you think of uh, the, the the opening match Between Bobby Lashley And Tommy Dreamer
0: um, At first I was interested Because you know It's it's a hardcore match You've got the king of hardcore Tommy Dreamer Against mm-hmm. Lashley But at some point I actually got bored Why? Like, uh, Why is that? I don't know I wasn't invested as much in, in Tommy Dreamer Like he didn't give me Enough of a reason To get invested
1: Yeah it's actually kind of um, They're kind of All over the place For the ECW Originals now That they've wrapped up The whole ECW Originals Versus Dixie Carter And everything it was just weird that they didn't do the It Happens, um, you know, hashtag It Happens, where Team 3D and Tommy Dreamer put Dixie Carter through a table yeah. at Hardcore Justice, which was the show before this episode we're talking about right now.
0: Um, now that you mentioned which ECW. Is a, which is
1: a special, uh, special episode, by the way.
0: And you're gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong and I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch up on my TNA here. Sure. Uh, Rhino was actually part of that ECW original stable, right? Because he, he was an ECW original, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he actually entered into a feud with EC3, the former Derek Bateman. And I have to say this.
1: No, 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 no. Rhino was part of ec 3 stable. Oh, he sold
0: okay. out. Right, okay. He sold out. So Rhino sold out. So seeing good guy... Like, from from what I saw, I Rhino, Rhino, Rhino was the good
1: guy. I think Rhino turned face after... Uh, in the episode before that uh, When uh, EC3 was taking out his frustration on his team For losing against the ECW Originals Thank you Thank you for you helping go. me get up to speed go.
0: But now that Rhino and EC3 are pretty much in a feud right now yeah. I'm very much impressed with how uh, The former Derek Bateman has come From being Derek Bateman in WWE, in NXT And now how he pretty much is a stud
1: The thing with EC3 is that WWE really let go of some uh, of something special there but um, he had the he had the charisma. He had some ring skills that um, just needed some seasoning.
0: And, and he then, had the look. He has a great look right now. Yeah, as he has EC3. a great look.
1: And he had a great look before. And he just had the
0: really weird uh, Jufro, I guess. Yeah, yeah, curly
1: hair. And they didn't really do much with him because I guess they didn't know what to do with him.
0: But right off the bat, looking at EC3, I saw Randy Orton in him. I saw yeah, 2004 I, Randy Orton. I agree. I agree
1: with straight this. Straight up in EC3. EC3, if ever TNA survives, will be. The face of the of the company,
0: damn, you know, like uh Yang. You look at WWE. I think and they're r- trying to look for like their next big thing. They they probably dropped the ball. talaga on, I, on yeah. On EC3. I think
1: I think he was that good back when he was Derek Bateman. Palang, but uh, not the best because you know he was just coming up from NXT and everything. But he had something. He could cut promos. He he was energetic on the microphone. He wasn't you know a bland promo cutter. He he could go in the ring and having Daniel Bryan as an NXT pro was only good for him.
0: Right, because hey, you know Daniel Bryan could pa- pass off a lot of the knowledge he's gained from his o- o- um, over 10 years of experience as a pro wrestler.
1: So, well, it's good for TNA in that they've um, it was actually a gamble that they gave EC3 such a high profile gimmick as a nephew but it's really of really working Carter. right now. He's really one of the bright spots of Impact Wrestling.
0: Another bright spot, Taryn Terrell.
1: Yes, Taryn Terrell. I think Taryn Terrell might be might just be the best Diva Search alumna right
0: now. And she's currently the number one contender to Gail Kim's uh, Knockouts Championship.
1: Let me let me think. I think um wait, sorry. I'm going to rank the Diva Search alumna right now. Michelle top three. No, Michelle. top 3. Uh Right now, Taryn Terrell, since Michelle is retired... I'm not going to rank Michelle because she's not in the game anymore. All
0: right, so let's be clear. We're only going to rank active wrestlers. Yeah. So we're not going to count the likes of Michelle McCool. Sure. Okay, so so let's do this.
1: Number one right now, Taryn Terrell.
0: Okay, who you got at number two?
1: Maria. Ooh. At ROH.
0: Right, right, right.
1: She's doing uh, some of the best work of her career right now, but I think she's not wrestling as much as Taryn Terrell right now and Taryn is really putting in the work putting in the effort to be good and that's amazing considering that she started as a playboy model
0: yeah she did and we've enjoyed those photos very very much <laughs> apparently and so did Drew McIntyre but not enough <laughs> <laughs> uh, and number three I'm guessing it's Layla at number three
1: no Alicia Fox
0: search alumna but see Alicia Fox? was she? wasn't
1: she? Was she?
0: No, I think she was just a model that they picked up, right? Oh yeah, right, right, right. Was she? I think so. Wasn't
1: she? Was she? Wasn't she? Was she? Wasn't she?
0: You're gonna have to correct us on this. Oh you
1: know? no, no, wait. She started as Edge's wedding planner,
0: right? See, I told you.
1: All right, fine. Number three is Layla. Thank you. Okay.
0: Right. So, uh, yeah, Taryn Terrell. I was actually impressed in that match against Madison Rain. Uh I did get invested. I, I, I kind of like where this character is going. So I, I kind of, I might want to keep my eye. On Taryn Terrell for more reasons than one
1: Yeah, you you should She's been actually putting in Some really good matches against Gail Kim And the rest of the knockoffs division Ever since she came to TNA So, well, I I might show you some uh, You know, after we finish recording So, yeah, keep an eye on Taryn Terrell So what else you got?
0: Um, I think other than that Other than that, I probably want to talk about uh, The main event Or do you want to talk about The Great Sonata? And that and that little angle with Austin Aries.
1: I'm just really weirded out a bit by the Great Sanada, uh, the sonata James Storm storyline going on right now.
0: Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to explain a bit here because they didn't. I don't really, I
1: don't, I don't really get it either. Because I, when I started watching TNA a bit regularly again, it was right in the middle, and it's kind of like uh, Sanada is being um, Storm student for some reason. Why I don't know why at all.
0: I mean, is James Storm acting like a Bray Wyatt type now, if I'm mean, a cult leader or not a prophet? No matter, not
1: a cult leader, but just a teacher.
0: Yeah, and which is weird because like, the last I saw of James Storm, he was in Beer Money, Inc. with Bobby Roode. Right. And, well,
1: yeah. I, I can't explain it to you either. Maybe someone else who has followed TNA more regularly than we do can explain it to us because I'm just trying to make sense of it as it goes along, but it's just there. And, by the way... Um, what about those Sam Shaw and Gunner segments?
0: I found those kind of awkward, and for all the wrong reasons. Like it had this homoerotic vibe to it. They've been,
1: they've been, you know, they've been doing this sort of bromance for the past um, month, right? Month now, but um, it just really was uncomfortable last week.
0: Yeah, it was, it was. But the one thing I did appreciate from the Gunner Sam Shaw segments and pretty much all the other backstage segments was the fact that the focus is really just on the wrestlers mm-hmm. and the camera. Yeah. So they were addressing the camera like there was an off-screen backstage interviewer, and you, con- you contrast that with how WWE has a Tom Phillips, a Byron Saxton, a Renee Young to you know conduct business backstage.
1: Well, I like that because um, it gives it a bit of a reality TV vibe. Yeah, yeah, it does. But sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, He's, like in the Gunner Sam Shaw segment, if they were supposed to have like an intimate private moment, parang alam that there a, was a camera. Yeah, there.
1: and then um, and Sam Shaw was selling Gunner when he was when Gunner left to go out to buy some food or whatever. Right. I just rather be alone, but you're gonna be alone with a cameraman in the hotel room, which mm-hmm. is also kind of creepy and kind of weird at the same time. And not just that, sometimes, in I said, the backstage segments um are a bit over the top and kind of cheesy. Yeah. When, cause and even more so because you know. That they're trying to pass it off as legit footage that isn't contrived by being um, in front of a studio and with an interviewer. Right. So, parang when 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 you when you when you look at it through that frame, sometimes the segments kind of come off as a bit absurd and unintentionally hilarious.
0: Well, that's imperfection for you. I mean, you know,
1: uh, th- there's a lot of room for improvement. But it's definitely different. It's definitely different, huh? No?
0: From from the product that we see yeah. in WWE. Oh, by
1: the way, before we get to the main event, what do you think of a six sided ring? What's your opinion of that?
0: I initially liked it when I first uh, watched TNA some years ago, right? And then right. at some point they brought back the square ring, which yeah. we're we're more accustomed to seeing in pretty much every other promotion. But I'm still in favor of the six sided ring, if only because T- that that's what TNA has going for them in terms of standing out.
1: Right, that's what most people in the in the company. Um, Like about um, The six-sided ring Is that It's different It might be harder To to work in But it's different Certainly And it makes him Stand out From the competition Like
0: when you have A steel cage match It's not just a steel cage match It's six sides of steel
1: Right And not mentioning The lockdown pay-per-view Which is entirely A steel cage match
0: yeah, but even like there's there's that uh that difference in the new ones, I guess. Now, you know, it's a six sides of steel match. It's not just any steel cage match, it's a six sides of steel match. So I guess I am still in favor of a six sided ring, but until I actually lace up a pair of boots and wrestle and know the difference between a square ring and a hexagon, uh, I can't really give you like a concrete opinion other than what I see from a storytelling point of view. All right,
1: all right. So let's move on to the main event, which was really good, I would I would admit, even though there was uh, A team in there that I really do not like. So good that I
0: will call it right now. It is my pick of the week.
1: Okay, good. You're entitled to that opinion. Go ahead.
0: Um, Talk about it. My pick of the week this week was a six six man tag. No, was it a six man tag team? Three team
1: tag. Triple threat tag.
0: Thank you. A triple threat tag match between uh, the Wolves, who are your TNA tag team champions.
1: Uh, Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards, the assholes.
0: Thank you for, you know. Inserting your little dig in there, right? <laughs> uh, you had Team 3D, Bully Ray, and Devon, and of course the Hardys, the newly reformed Hardys, Matt and Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the match. Um, it wasn't a spot fest, mm-hmm. and I think that's the first thing you would expect if you have names like the Wolves and the Hardys in the same. No, match. it was a
1: spot fest, but it was within reason of. Uh, but what you would expect between in a, in a tag team match where there are three teams.
0: And I thought that the action was paced very well. Like, it yeah. wasn't too slow, it wasn't too fast, it was something I could keep up with. And given the amount of time that they had, Actually, they were able to work within reason.
1: Speak, speaking of the amount of time they had, when the time came for the main event, um, I, I noticed that there was like less than 15 minutes left in the show.
0: Actually, exactly. How could he pull off a match of this caliber Especially when they were billing it as a tag team series mm-hmm. Meaning that it wouldn't just end right there There will be future episodes Because the idea is to, to determine Which among the three teams was the best And which among them deserved to be called TNA Tag Team Champions
1: Yeah, and while well, they managed to pull, it off, to pull off a good match um, surprisingly, it only you only do need like uh ten or twelve minutes to pull off a good triple threat tag match because um you cannot do I I realize that you cannot do this slowly at all because there are three teams six men um, and six ra- sides raring to go raring to go there are no there there can hardly be downtime where there are six men raring to go
0: you know the only thing I actually thought about in that in that match was essentially. This is the setup of tag teams in the WWE back in the Attitude era, minus Edge and Christian, and you just added the wolves exactly. in their place. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. That, that, I think that's the thing that they're, that they're pulling for. That's the feel they're trying to go for.
0: It was amusing and sad at the same time because I love Edge and Christian, and I love tag team wrestling. And then, parang now that I think about it, did Edge and Christian's bodies betray them earlier than the Hardys did and the Dudleys did? It's impossible
1: because Jeff and Matt took more risks than they did.
0: So they're like, okay, fine. So why, did Ed, why was Edge the one who came out with the broken neck? Why is Christian the one who gets concussed a well, lot?
1: Biology. That's, that's how just shit happens with nature. Are we
0: blaming Canadian genes now? <laughs> no, but um,
1: um, it's not, I don't find it sad because these are the three teams in the company that people most like to see.
0: Right. Uh, I think all of them, correct me if I'm wrong, again, because I'm, I'm trying to uh, catch up on my TNA here, but the Wolves are our baby faces as well. Are they? They are kind they tweeters? Actually,
1: I'm not really sure anymore. I'm not really sure. They kind maybe their faces. Uh, no, but actually, the lines here are not really drawn
0: um very well. Yeah, because right? like uh, the Hardys come across as popular wrestlers right now. They're you know like they're good guys. But then uh, Team 3D came across as good guys after the Chris Melendez segment. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm just not sure where the Wolves stand right well, now. Well,
1: the crowd loves the Wolves as well for some reason. Anyway, <laughs>
0: another dig. But I, I no, no I, no, I think
1: this match was all about the work The work rate, the the effort in the ring the Which in was ring impressive
0: action. It was impressive uh, you, you know, you have to hand it to them They tried to fit in as many moves as possible But without trying to sacrifice the story they were trying to tell And at the end of, at the end of it all You had Team 3D uh, winning with a 3D
1: Right, and I think that obviously They're going to milk the most out of this uh, series
0: And they should Because yeah. at the end of it, we'll have to see Bubba Ray Each, Yeah, of course
1: Each team will win one apiece And then
0: the fourth match will decide the winner uh, If there's one thing I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Next week on Impact It's probably going to be match number two Probably.
1: Well, I'm not sure if that's happening uh, this week. It might be happening the week after. I'm not sure, but it might be. So we'll, we'll stay tuned for that.
0: And that gives me more reason to continue to watch Impact Wrestling moving forward. But that pretty much is my pick of the week. Uh, the triple threat tag team match between the Wolves, the Hardys, and Team 3D in the tag team series.
1: I just want to say, though, that um, before I get into my pick of the week, I just want to say that TNA, if it ever survives the whole looking for a new network deal... Um, TNA should be more like ECW, unless try unless like the WWE. They in, should. In what sense? Because the ECW was not just about being hardcore; it was also about good wrestling, just straight up good wrestling.
0: And that's how characters or wrestlers like Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, and Kevin yeah. Wall survived.
1: Yeah, exactly. And TNA can say they're trying to be like WWE a lot. It's like they have this really really intense desire to be like the WWE and that they kind of try and do everything that WWE does. Um, You know, more focus on the storylines, more drama. When things like this, things like the Triple Threat Tag Match serves them well. Because it's good wrestling. Exactly. And that's better for a smaller promotion. Because people will just Go crazy with this kind of wrestling. That's all you need to get over. And that's how ECW got over. Even though they got bankrupt, they they still have a cult following now because of what they were able to bring to the table.
0: And that's why indie promotions like ROH and CZW, DGUSA also have this little cult following.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because they have the kind of wrestling that is action-packed. And action-packed is what wrestling fans really love to see. And don't get me wrong, when the story is pulled off well, it's good. But at the end of the day, I think we're all here to watch people fight each other. Yeah. Of course. Right, right? Yeah. So I think that TNA should really just focus on that and build the new brand around that. And just and stop trying to dig, take digs out of WWE because it's just pathetic the way... Um, because they, they do. I don't know if you know. I don't know if, if um I can't remember if it happened on last week's show that you watched, but they when they can they kind of try to take digs against the WWE.
0: No, they they've been doing that for years. Like I remember mo, uh, blatantly uh, how there was a sec, uh, a faction called VKM, which was right. pretty much Billy Gunn and Road, Road, Dogg Road Dogg Jesse James. Yeah, and and that's pathetic.
1: Eh, but why be focused on hating, throwing pot shots against the competition? When you can just focus on being yourself and building up your brand through good wrestling.
0: And that's how you make each other better actually because you know competition ideally in a business sense is supposed to make the other better. You try to one-up each other and at the end of the day, the market wins.
1: No, it's not a competition. The, the, the thing with TNA is that it's not competition. It's not equal competition with the WWE.
0: It's parang gilas versus everyone.
1: No, TNA is an alternative, not a competition. Not the competition at all. It does not compete. It just presents itself as an alternative to the mainstream wrestling that is WWE. Right. So, Yun, know, TNA can pull off the hardcore stuff well. Yeah. The wrestling, the technical wrestling side well. The action packed side well. Or the triple threat tag team wrestling. Yeah. Well, it's action packed. That's action packed wrestling. So, why not just be focused on that and let the, let the brand flourish through that? Well, it's not so hard. Eh? It's just, it's just this weird obsession, this fixation with trying to be like the WWE When clearly they can't because they keep messing things up
0: Sure, they can do that But right now they have bigger fish to fry Like actually finding a network that, w- that would host them
1: And well, the only way for a network to take notice is if you've got a good product If it's a product that uh, a, lot of, a lot of viewers are willing to tune into at a certain given night and the only way to do that is to make sure your product is consistent. And TNA Animal has always been known for having the best wrestling. Or not the best, but really solid wrestling.
0: Relative to you know, what you see everywhere else.
1: And, and mostly, when, when people say that, it's, it's a matter of pre- personal preference. Because I still think that um, WWE has the best wrestling if it does it well.
0: Like if they give more time, yeah, if they yeah, let when the right story when they really flourish,
1: get, when they really get their shit together, yeah, the WWE is the place for best wrestling in the world.
0: But there's, you know, there are just times when the competition offers something different, yeah, and and, 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 and the that's competition- okay.
1: That's okay. That's your personal preference,
0: yeah.
1: If you like the spot fest kind of style more,
0: that's 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 your thing and that's why these alternatives exist but to give you something to look for give you something to watch and so, i guess because we all have different preferences so you have to find what makes you happy like as a fan uh, you know if if you want to just take it outside of wrestling and apply to mainstream fandom, let's say music, Deba. Yeah, that's like, right. If you're not into pop music, then there are other genres for you to choose from, like alternative, hip hop, R and B, hell you can like jazz for all I give a shit, right? Like for all for all we care. Um and it it just goes same for, for pro wrestling. If you yeah. if you're not into WWE, then there are a whole lot of other And
1: that's where TNA gets its fans from. Right. The people who like TNA for what they bring to the table. It just so happens that TNA really likes to try and be something else. Something they're not or maybe not yet So sayang That's all That's that's a Common The most common piece of advice Wrestling fans have for TNA Just be yourself Just do you man
0: I wonder if anybody from TNA Actually listens to you Because you have this You have this little conspiracy theory Going on where Somebody from WWE Actually <laughs> listens Hey To the SGP hey. podcast
1: The moment we did The moment we ranted Against Roman Reigns Having five moves On his moveset That's when That's after That's when he (laughs) started adding new moves to his stuff. Right.
0: right? Okay, fine. That's one. That's one incident. That's one instance, my friend.
1: No, no, no. And then, (laughs) after we ranted about the Blacksus, we then get rumors that they're trying out the Blacksus as a babyface stable in a dark match.
0: Sure, in a dark match. But nothing has happened since then.
1: And then I said, Bailey has to be more serious. Look what happens now.
0: Okay, that's that's one after the other, but not necessarily all of them coming together. We haven't seen the Blacks actually come out. Hell, we haven't seen Kofi, we haven't seen Big E, and we haven't seen Xavier Woods fine, on Raw or on SmackDown. Fine. I'm
1: just tooting my horn. All right. Anyway, moving on to my pick of the week, finally. Thank you. My pick of the week is from last week's SmackDown. As I told you, it's still one of the best places to get solid wrestling. So please look up, if you missed it, Cesaro... Uh, Cesaro. Seth Rollins versus RVD Because it was a really great match um, They got this, this little mini feud Between RVD and Seth Rollins Going on last week From main event Going on to Smackdown
0: Which they finalized at Smackdown And
1: it was really great um, RVD still one of the best in the game Might not miss him when he leaves But he's still one of the best in the game I think we might we might not miss him because we know that all he does when he's here is put all put all the other younger guys over.
0: But then again, RVD has gone on record himself to say that he doesn't see a place for himself in today's WWE, like given the current crop of wrestlers no, and given but, yeah, their so level of experience and you know where they've been learning, where they've been picking it up. Parang he feels kind of out of place and disjointed in in this universe of the WWE.
1: No, that's why I'm saying that I'm probably not going to miss him when he leaves again this year.
0: Which is a shame because it's RVD. But, then, but you know, uh, I guess that's the way That's the way that wrestling has developed. Now, I guess the product, or not the product, but the crop of wrestlers we have is just that damn good right now.
1: So, yeah, RVD versus Rollins, similar styles on um, a bit of an extended match. Not really, not so fast, not so quick, not so brief. Uh, please go watch it. It's a really nice watch. So, there you go. Um, I think... Uh, the recap stance pick of the week was uh, the triple threat tag match from last week's TNA And mine is Seth Rollins versus Rob Van Dam
0: Alright, and that's probably going to do it for this week's SGP podcast But before we sign out, uh, we got to thank all the people, of course, that have made this possible We need to thank you we got to thank you for pressing play, for clicking download, and for just keeping us alive 22 episodes strong We also have to thank all the folks at Melo ninety four seven here in Mandaluyong for always having having been very supportive and generous with their equipment.
1: Right. So, and then we'd like to thank our boys at SGP. We got like to give them a little shout out here. The boys Uh, and the girls. Yeah, I forgot. Sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. bad, SGP, my bad, ladies. Uh, I did not mean that. Shout out to the boys and the girls of Philippine Wrestling Revolution. They are cooking us some really good stuff. Um, we hope you stay tuned If you're a Filipino wrestling fan You need to keep an eye on this
0: And of course As we always have been saying here On the podcast Pinoy wrestling fans Need to get together And if you're a Filipino wrestling fan Or if you know your friends Who used to like wrestling Do like wrestling Might like wrestling Do invite them over to our Facebook group You know where to find us But I'll remind you anyway It's facebook.com Slash groups Slash Gilas Filipinas.
1: And when you listen to this podcast Tell those same wrestling fan friends to go listen to us too.
0: Tell your friends. Yeah, tell everyone. That's how this shit works, man. And of course, the last group that we have to thank, we got to thank our boys in Gilas Filipinas, Because yeah. they, they were the inspiration not, not, behind the name.
1: Not smart Gilas Filipinas, but smart Gilas Filipinas.
0: The original. Yeah, Gilas Filipinas. We got to thank them for putting on one hell of a run. It's not yet over. They still have one more game tomorrow against Senegal. But, but
1: technically, they're eliminated now from the from contention. That's from right. Any more contention?
0: We gotta congratulate them. You know, they put their hearts on the lot, uh, out there and they show them out there for the world to see. Thank you very much for repping us here in the Philippines and for repping us well.
1: Yep. No hate, no negativity from us. Uh, thank you for all the puso.
0: Thank you so much. And with that, we close this week's episode of the Smart Gidas BDBidas podcast. We'll catch you next week. Peace.